to a novel evening. I'm Danny Carter. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books and on TikTok as a novel evening podcast. I'm going to apologise for my voice. I have a horrible cold, uh, which I know like the weather has only just been starting to get nice and now I've got a cold. So I sound a tiny bit like Yoda maybe. Um, my apologies, which is simply just because of like ASMR vibes. Um, but for this week's episode, uh, I'm super, super excited to be welcoming the author of a fantastic YA fantasy that is coming out in June of this year. I mean, you had me firstly at Sirens, straight out of the gate. You had me at Sirens, you had me at Forbidden Romance, you had me at Assassins, you had me at Bodyguard. This book, oh man, like, this is my ultimate YA fantasy. Uh, and this is Gabby Burton with Sing Me to Sleep. Oh my goodness. Uh, this, this is a book if you love your fantasy. Get to it. Pick it up. I have so many questions for her. I cannot wait to dive in and I'm super excited to see what she's going to bring to her novel evening. So a massive hello to Gabby. Hello. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for taking some time to chat to me. Let me check. Where are you recording from? I am in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Nice. Oh my God. I was saying it looks so gloriously sunny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it looking at my window. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is spring. I don't even have the lights on in my apartment right now. So, well, no, there's a light on over there. For the most part, it's just sunlight from outside. <laughs> I'm so jealous. We have like, since spring, I say that in quotation marks, has started. <laughs> I think we've had like, one day of sunshine where we all start getting out our like spring wear and then it's raining again <laughs> i need to come where you are i need spring <laughs> we're at the point right now where like you get up in the morning and it's still like pretty cold yeah. but then like by the time the day is over it's like warm so i'm when i leave the house in the morning you know i'm like okay i need a jacket and then i leave and i'm burning up so <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i would sell my soul right now to be burning up at any <laughs> Any point during the day would be wonderful. But look, we're not here to just talk about the weather. <laughs> As, because I'll just get bitter. So <laughs> let's talk firstly, your book, you know, it's imminent. It's due out in June, Sing Me to Sleep. How does it feel that June is not that far away? No, it is like terrifyingly close. <laughs> is it kind of surreal? Has it kind of sunk in yet? It has not sunk in yet. Every day I wake up and I'm like, there's a book that's going to exist in the world in like two months. And I'm like, oh God, no, it's not. I'm in denial, I think. I think I'm in that stage. Um, so. yeah. And this is like the big buildup, right? This is the big publicity buildup. Yeah. You know, proofs have been out. Readers have had it. Have you had your finished copies yet? No, not yet. Um, I haven't gotten, well... I have not gotten finished copies that I'm allowed to talk about. And I'll leave it oh, at that. Oh, <laughs> okay. 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 So you've got some top secret ones. Okay. That's yes. very exciting though. It is. Yeah. That I mean, was. are beautiful. I, thank you. I am obsessed with them. I love them so much. I like, they're all like just out on my bookshelf and I just stare at them every day because I love them so much. Yeah. And my theory is when you get a beautiful proof, it means that whatever the finished product is, is going to be even more stunning. I can't even conceptualize how much I'm going to cry when I see them. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And I mean, look, you're also branching into YA fantasy. And as we know, that yeah. is, a, you know, that's a genre that has such a fan base. When people love a book in YA fantasy, they love a book. 
Yes, I'm the same way. I mean, that's <laughs> when I love a YA fantasy book, it is it is my personality for the time that I'm reading it and for the rest of my life. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I become one with that book. Yes. <laughs> and like your book has everything that I love in a way. You have me at Siren. Before I yeah. even knew the rest of the plot, as soon as I see the word Siren, I'm in. So thank you. <laughs> I'm done. Look, for anyone who's not seen, you know, a sneak preview or hasn't sort of heard about what the book's about, give me a little brief, you know, tell me what Singing to Sleep is all about. Yeah, sure. Okay. So it's about a siren who lives in a world where she's not allowed to exist. So uh, she works by day as a soldier in her kingdom's army. And then at night, she's an assassin for an unknown employer. Um, but then to protect her little sister, she has to take a job as a bodyguard to the crown prince of her kingdom. And, you know, she expects to hate him, but oh my gosh, is he hot and charming? And um, and then they start working together to try to track down this assassin in the kingdom, and he has no idea that it's actually her. Ooh, you see, I love straight out of the bat, we've got a bit of a forbidden romance. We've yes. got you know, torn hearts on choices that we have to make. You've got all of that quintessential fantasy goodness. All the things that I love. <laughs> Straight away. So where did this idea come from? It really started with, so I've always loved Sirens and Mermaids. I was a big fan of that show on Nickelodeon, um, H2O, Just Add Water. Big fan. Um, and um, I didn't even realize that I wanted to write about Sirens. I was chatting with some author friends. I was querying a different book at the time, and we were talking about Monsters. They mentioned sirens and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And at first it was just that. I was like, I want to write a book about a siren. And then um, from there, I, so as a kid, I really loved swimming, but I refused to swim competitively because I was always really self-conscious about like my natural hair. Um, just like as a black girl, I was in a very white school district. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. So when I started thinking about this idea of a siren, I was like, how cool would it be if she was like, naturally you know gorgeous and she felt confident and that was great um so it started with really her character Saoirse's character and then built around her so like the world and the fact that she's very out of place was really rooted in what I thought she would feel like for the majority of the book so then it formed from there love that and representation is obviously absolutely key to your story yeah. And it's taking that representation and feeding it into fantasy in a way that I don't think we always have seen, especially with kind of mythological kind of creatures like sirens, mermaids. Yeah. I mean, obviously for you, was that kind of a launching pad? Did you always know that, that was going to be kind of really key and focused in on in your book? Yeah, for this one. So <laughs> when I, I'd written books before, I'd only tried to get one published before. And all the books that I'd written before, I'd only written with white characters because I'd only ever read books with white characters. And I never really thought like, oh, Black people are allowed to be in books. When I started writing this one, though, I had just I had just rewritten one of my earlier books. And I was like, I can write this with Black characters. So when I started this one, I was like, I'm going to put representation at the forefront. And so it's a world with all Black and brown characters. Um, but yeah, so when I started this one, I was like, I'm doing this completely differently because I'm no longer looking at this as a, you know, it has to be all white characters. Um, so yeah, it was really cathartic, honestly, to to get to write that. And of course, you know, we're seeing so many uh, great books that have been coming out recently uh, with so many Black authors that I'm super excited for and excited for people to love. So yeah. Uh, completely. I was saying, you know, I'm a 
big fan of fantasy. That's always been my genre, but it has always been, you know, dominated by white characters. Yes, yeah. Throughout, you know, <laughs> right back to the OG, you know, Tolkien onwards, it's always been dominated. Like you say, we've really seen a really beautiful surgence in representation across, you know, globally in fantasy. And there's so many rich stories to be able to pull from as well. I'm surprised that it hasn't been done more because, you know, all the cultures we're seeing, you know, being retold in these fantasy tellings, you know, are absolutely rich for that, aren't they? Yes. No, retellings, I think, are such a great space for diversity. And I'm loving that we're seeing a lot more of that with not only like, I mean, fairy tales, but also just different mythological creatures. I actually... (laughs) Um, when I, when I first announced my book deal and was like live on Goodreads, it was there for like a week and I got a one-star review and now I don't look at Goodreads because now people are actually reading it. But at the time, you know, I was like checking to see like who's adding it, you know, I was really excited. And I got this one-star review from this person who was like, I'm Irish and this is cultural appropriation because sirens are Irish. And I was like, I mean, sirens are a lot of things, but, um, (laughs) so... And it's really interesting because obviously Saoirse is a name. It's also yeah. Irish. You're like, oh, dang. <laughs> As of the most Irish female name as well. <laughs> I, I can't even... You know, sirens, are, I mean, for me, my instant thought the siren is Greek mythology. Yeah, I think a lot of people think Greek first too. Um, and not that I, person. <laughs> no, not that person. For that person, it is just Irish. Um, I didn't like give them a think piece, but I'm like, I mean, if you're heard of like a mommy wada, like, I mean, they're also African sirens, like they're all kinds of, of sirens. But yeah, I think, I think just to answer like your question, um, or I guess not really your question, but your observation of like, why haven't we seen like more, um, retellings, mythologies sooner? I think it's because a lot of people like really thought that like, you know, Europe had, uh, the cornerstone on mythology and you're like, no, there, <laughs> there are different mythical creatures all over the world and all different cultures. So. Yeah. And obviously you're setting up a rich world here. You're building a real <laughs> fantasy world. How intimidating is that as well? When you're starting to think about building, because you know, your character is a siren, but there's obviously a pecking order. You say, you know, she's not allowed to be who she is in this world. Mm-hmm. Where do you even begin when you are going to build this whole universe? Oh gosh, it was terrifying. Um, <laughs> I am so I am a plotter. So for me, when I'm like world building, you know, I'm developing it around a character. So I'm like, okay, this is the way that she feels. So why does she feel this way? What is the world like? Um, so for me, it starts with not like spreadsheets, but more like asking questions. Like, so why can she do this? Why can't she do that? You know, like what is the kingdom's history that led to this? Um, so for me, it's just like asking myself questions about why this, why that? And then as you answer them, a story starts to develop of the kingdom's history, the world's history. And so then it built from there. And so again, what we always see with fantasies is generally these worlds are not standalones. Do you have other plans moving forward? I'm not expecting you to go to talk about them. Do you see a bigger, a bigger kind of series or, or other stories in this world? Yes, this one is a duology. And the next book um, has a lot more, (laughs) a lot more world. So um, that's been so fun uh, to write. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. It's been a struggle right now to write. But it is, um, I have a vision for what I want it to be. And I think the hardest part for me about writing is 
knowing what I eventually want it to look like and then having to deal with the fact that, well, it doesn't look like that right off the bat. So having to to make it that eventually. Yeah, that's so interesting. And again, as well, you know, we've got a forbidden love that you've told us about. We know yeah. there's going to be, you know, some attraction there. What do you think as a writer and for readers as well draws us to these messy love affairs? Ooh, I think, okay, I think a lot of it is, it's more interesting when you have this like push and pull because like, you know, that that expression, there's a thin line between love and hate. Uh, and I think about that, that Taylor Swift song, um, that's the way I loved you. I don't know if you're familiar with that song. I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan. I, I okay. know that that's kind of sacrilegious to say. Um, it feels like it nowadays, but yeah, I'm not familiar with that song. But by no, don't worry, I'm not going to attack you. It's okay. <laughs> but, but I would be careful with who you share that with because yes. you will get attacked. Um, <laughs> I've learned this the hard way. <laughs> but um, the chorus is something like, basically she's talking about how you know, there's this guy that I'm with and he's like really, you know, sweet, but I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain and it's 3 a.m. and I'm cursing your name and just kind of like the like passion of like anger. And I think a lot of times, you know, thin line between love and hate, it's just those two emotions are built on like passion. And when you're reading romance or a romance subplot, that's what you want. You want the passion, you know, like married bliss is fine, but um, <laughs> I like the the explosive nature of anger and how closely it ties into to love. I think that's why people are kind of drawn to that. I think that's very true, actually. I think it's all about as well, that kind of denying something as well, denying you have feelings for someone when it's very obvious yeah. to everybody else. It's always fun when you're the reader and you know, you know they're meant to be together and then you know they're not in on it that's the thing I love yes when you're shipping them and they're not shipping each other yet and you're like yes. no no no, you guys are perfect together just wait just wait gonna and happen can, <laughs> yes and when you can point to all those moments that have like double meanings where you're like you as the reader you know there's something deeper there but they don't know it yet and it's just you get to reflect on all those moments after the fact and when they have that moment eventually when they finally realize it they also reflect on all those moments that you yeah. loved and it has deeper meaning. Oh, like, I yeah. already knew about all that. Somebody's <laughs> catching up because I already knew. Yes. <laughs> I was already in on it. And um, so before we go into your novel evening, did you have any kind of inspirations for this at all? Is there any kind of stories you'd read previously, even sort of like mythology kind of wise? Or was there kind of any inspirations for you that you drew from for this story? I think a big one for me was Fire by Kristen Kishore, um, who I love. I love her a lot. Um, I Those were like the books that like as a kid really got me like into fantasy. Because um, I think I read Fire first and then Graceling, uh, even though Graceling came first and then Fire was the companion novel. But the main character of Fire, um, if you're unfamiliar with the premise, is basically just so they live in a world where there are different types of monsters. So there are normal, like just creatures. And then there are the monster version of them that are all just like really beautiful. Um, and people are drawn to them. And Fire, the main character, is the last human monster. Um, and it's really beautiful. But I feel like that was the book that for me really got me into morally gray female main characters. Um, because she is someone who is dark and she has two kinds of sides to her. 
And I did like reread that book when I was writing this because I think Kristen Kishore does like this magical job of like making you feel for her, even though like there's a darkness to her. So yeah, I would probably say fire. And I love, like you're saying, I think for fantasy readers, I think when you are going into YA fantasy, especially, that's where you start catching the bug. That's where you find a story or you find a book that leads you into a lifelong fantasy love. You know, once you fall in love with a YA fantasy and it sticks with you, that's where you keep going with it. Yeah, because you want more of that feeling, the way it just like draws you in. I, yeah, always, (laughs) always chasing that feeling that you get of reading just like a really good fantasy um with really great characters and really great love subplots yeah I love it I agree now I'm expecting your novel evening I'm expecting some fantasy (laughs) I'm expecting some because as a fellow fantasy lover I will be disappointed if there wasn't going to be some fantasy thrown in there so I have high hopes here (laughs) there's okay well you might be a little disappointed (laughs) (laughs) oh we'll that now (laughs) Because I really, okay, so I made my own rule and then immediately broke it because I was thinking, you know, I don't want to invite anyone who's still living that feels so awkward, like they're alive. Um, But then I was like, actually, though, I want to invite them anyway. (laughs) um, We we set these rules for ourselves and (laughs) we know we're not going to keep them. It's fine. But okay, but then I made a new rule for myself that I think works better. And so this one, my rule was basically someone, if they're alive now, they have to be like so high level that there is like a 0% chance that I would ever like meet them. And so Suka Shore was initially on this list, but one of my friends just signed with her agent. So I'm like, okay, but now we're like two steps. There's a chance, yeah. The the degree (laughs) separation is too close now so she can't be on the list but I do love her this would be like so if I was to have an evening I'd probably invite Pedro Pascal because I'm quite basic like that but then I mean, if, he, if suddenly he turned out to be like I don't know the godfather of friends it's too bad it's, like I can't then too close yeah <laughs> Pedro Pascal would have been a good one I one of my rules was also no men so he's not on this list either that's but fair. <laughs> that's fair. so before we dive into who's coming we should really find out where you're going to go Yes. Okay. So I thought about this one too. And what I thought was, okay, first, my first thought, this was another rule that I made and then immediately broke. So I thought we should not go somewhere fictional because I can think of a lot of fictional worlds that I like reading about, but I would die immediately if I lived there because I don't run or fight. So don't want to be there. Um, So then I was like, okay, it should be somewhere real. But then I was like, I don't like the real world either. And then I realized that um, I was ignoring a fairly obvious choice. I wrote a book about a siren. Um, Obviously, we should be in Atlantis. So that is where I want to go. Beautiful choice. We're all going to breathe as well underwater. Yeah, of course. We won't have the scales, but we can breathe underwater. Um, And the food will be dry magically, obviously. Magic. That's my favorite loophole is everything can just be attributed to magic. (laughs) Yes. You can also drink underwater somehow. (laughs) And it works. (laughs) I am we are absolutely getting wine drunk at our Atlantis dinner, for sure. They do it in the little mermaid, therefore it must be possible. Yes, agreed. (laughs) Okay, Atlantis. I mean classic. And I love the images you see of like all the big statues and it just looks beautiful. It looks so beautiful. And we'll be underwater 
breathing and just the sea life around us, the beautiful like sculptures, the buildings are just gorgeous. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. So so this is a good choice. So straight off the bat, good choices are being made. So who's the first person from your set of rules-ish who is going to be coming into Atlantis? So I kind of followed my rules. Two of them are no longer alive, but then the other two are. So, um, but okay. So I want to bring um, first Jane Austen. I love her. I know, you know, basic, but also I love her. Um, I'm trying to imagine her being dropped into Atlantis, like floating down in all her skirts to land in Atlantis. I did not. So for a moment when I was making this list, I was like, these people will not interact. Like they will, this is going to be the most awkward dinner ever, but I'll be having a good time. And once I get them drunk, they'll all be having fun too. So that's what matters. And look, you would have to have something. So we're in Atlantis. You at least are going to talk about the fact that you can breathe underwater and your food is dry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really want to pick Jane Austen's brain about her self inserts because I have such mad respect for her doing that. I mm. love that Jane is always the hottest one in her books. I just respect that as a choice so much. And mm. that is what I want to talk to her about. I love that. She just gave no shits. She? she was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in my books. I'm going to be there. And that's what I would do. I think power. <laughs> love that she did that I want to talk to her about that um we'd probably talk a little bit about Mr. Darcy but no really I want to talk about the self-insert um yeah so she goes against what we know about Jane as well it really kind of goes against you know I think people think she's very demure and she's kind of and then she's writing herself into all these stories you know right it's like I'm super smart I'm super beautiful I'm talented I'm you know I'm for it I love it and I can imagine you guys having that conversation. You're like, just just go through it with me. What was the process? Yeah. Maybe some of that confidence would like rub off on me too, you know? Like it'd be like, I want that mindset. Like let's let's compare notes. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. One of your future books is gonna feature you as the most beautiful <laughs> of them all. <laughs> We're gonna know now as well. Someone's gonna read it and be like, damn, she just really she just went and did she Jane Austen and just did it. <laughs> Well, I think they'd first be like, wow, the hubris. And then I'd be like, no, 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 guys, you don't understand. I am channeling our goddess, Jane Austen. And then they would accept it. So it'd be okay. Fine, yeah. So Jane's going to float down. You guys are going to be chatting amongst the ruins. Who's going to be next? Agatha Christie. I am a big mystery thriller girly. Uh, and she is the queen. So I would want her to show up too. It's going to be awkward. So I always say on here, so I live in Agatha Christie's hometown. Um, her house is about five minutes away from me um, and I have never read any of her books so which is probably um, after I said the Taylor Swift thing this is probably going to be the thing that's going to send me to hell do you know what I mean so I'm literally looking out my window at Agatha Christie's Torbay that she she loved and wrote about I've never I watched some adaptations um, but I will this is going to be the year I'm going to read some Agatha Christie that is so funny. <laughs> so bad. I, I've never even been to her house. So I think I'm too ashamed to go to her house. Oh, you haven't even been to the house? It's five minutes away and you haven't been? <laughs> I feel like if I go, I'm just kind of like, until I've read a book, I can't go in there surrounded okay. by where she actually wrote and be like, this is this is a nice house. This means nothing to me. <laughs> nice house. I feel like I would go take pictures and then just like, you know, use that clout from there. Just yeah. like... Look, I had like the Christie's house. 
I can tell you some of the plots of things that have happened. I know that Aiden Turner was in a great adaptation. <laughs> I don't think it was that sexy when she wrote it, but yeah, probably not. Probably, <laughs> but not. probably do it wasn't. I want to know where she went for those eleven days that she went missing. Yes. Oh my God. I would pick her brain about that so hard. The thing is, I think she would need the copious amounts of wine before she would reveal that. So we would just really have to, to get that information from her. Um, I don't know if I'd be allowed to share it, but I would let you know. Like I would shoot yes, you an email. We'd have to, to you yeah, we'd have to yeah. converse about that. We might be sworn to some secrecy. I love, um, <laughs> I read the Christie Affair recently that kind of like theorizes what happened. And it's quite yeah. interesting. I haven't read that. Okay, I, I saw, like, I've seen the cover, but I haven't read it. But I recommend I it's an interesting take on what might have happened to her. Okay. I don't that know, I think cool. Austin and Christy, I think there could be some intriguing conversation there. That's the end of the intriguing conversation. <laughs> no, I think all of these people are brilliant, and they could absolutely have, like, great conversations. I just feel like they're all such different vibes that it would be weird. Because next up on my list is N.K. Jemisin, who I think is a goddess of yeah. women, a goddess of authors. And I just like want to learn from her. Like, honestly, if I was just next to her and like I just like touched her like arm, I would just want some of that brilliance to rub off on me. You know, I mean, you've said people that you're never going to meet. I feel like this is doable. This is an achievable. I think it could be achievable. I, do, I am trying to picture her amongst Austin and Christy in Atlantis. Um, <laughs> going to be slightly awkward, I think. But I don't yeah. know. You don't know. They might gel. Everyone, there's going to be some wine. I think the setting alone is going to put people a little bit, you know, ill at ease. Yeah. They're going to be talking and you might find that they'll bond a bit over, you know, some weird stuff that's going on around us. Maybe... <laughs> I'm sorry, that was an intrusive thought, but I'm going to share it anyway. Maybe I should, like, stage a fake shark attack just so we're all, like, afraid and that, like, heightened sense of, oh, my God, are we going to die, like, leads to people feeling more comfortable when we, in fact, survive. And then we feel closer and bonded. That's true. We didn't think about sharks. I'm assuming that there's some kind of protected barrier around Atlantis. Yeah. No, there is. This is a shark that is trained to pretend to attack us, and I'm the one who knows uh... Oh, okay, but that's that's fine. We'll have a fake. I do find sharks quite terrifying, so it would probably be me that would react worse to this situation. I'd be gone. I just wouldn't. I'd be to the surface. That would be my night over. But no, I know what you mean. That like bonding over a shared moment of trauma could. Yeah, it would. I think we would get closer together, and then maybe everyone would be less um, feel less uncomfortable, as I feel like they probably will. So him with maybe. Okay. Okay. You've got an intriguing batch so far. So who's going to come in next? <laughs> All right. I, as a child, um, I really, really loved um, The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane. It made me sob. I think this is like the first book that I remember making me sob buckets. So I would want to bring Kate to Camillo just so I can like tell her that she hurt me deeply. Um, and um... Why did you do this to me? Explain to me why you felt the need to do this to me as a child. I want her to explain. I want her to explain herself. It's an amazing book. I cannot recommend it enough, but I feel the need. Like, I feel like it should have come with the warning. Like, this will hurt you um, deeply. <laughs> so. Honestly, kids' books. So I was a big fan of an English writer called Jacqueline Wilson, um, who wrote some amazing books. 
But when I look back now, they should have had trigger warnings. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Jacqueline Wilson. And I totally agree. <laughs> Vicky Angel. I remember sitting there at the age of like eight and just reading about this girl whose best friend died in a car crash and she's haunted by her. And I remember being like, this is great. Now I look around, I'm like, what? What would my pet? Would my parents not read the blurbs? No, parents. So the thing is, they think that if you go to, I this is totally off topic. Well, actually, first, um, I have a friend. I went to see their book launch, and Jacqueline Woodson was moderating the event. And I was like, "Oh my god, you're a queen! I love you. Um, you did traumatize me as a child, but I love you." But if you bring home a book that's like for kids, like from the library, your parents aren't going to question it. You know, it's just like that's why when Sarah J. Mass was in the YA section. I was like, someone needs to talk here because parents are like, it's YA. YA, yeah. Fine. It's fine. Cassian is in there. Like, <laughs> absolutely. If I'd have picked that up at 15, I don't think I'd have ever married. <laughs> I would have ever lived up to those pages, ever. It's wild. Like, yeah, it Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom stuff was crazy. It's wild. I, um, okay, did you ever read Dear America books? As a kid, no. they're like historical fiction. Okay, so I I made a TikTok about this like kind of recently because it like, none of my friends had read this. Okay, but one of the books is called A Coal Miner's Bride. The format of these books are like diary entries, fictional of course, from the perspective of a child during a historical time period. This right. girl is 13 years old, okay? And so she's from Poland. She is brought to America at the age of 13 to marry this grown man who was a coal miner because his wife died and she has to raise his three children, the oldest of which I think is like nine, like barely younger than she is. But it's actually worse. You're making a face. You're it's not even it gets worse. Oh, no. On the way from Poland to America, she meets another grown man, but he is a good other grown man. Right. Um, we were supposed to ship them. So, oh yeah, no, like he's like, quote unquote, in love with her. And um, he like kisses her a few times. And each time he does, it is described as being so magical, it sticks her feet to the floor. Her husband dies. And then she marries the other grown man. Was Happy somebody, ending. somebody signed off on this. Someone was like, yeah, kids really need to learn about this stuff. I was eight. <laughs> And you're like, dear God, I am never marrying an old man. Maybe that's the effect they wanted it to have. Maybe it's just meant to no, But I liked Leon, not the husband, oh. the other man. <laughs> that's the bad part. Oh, no. Oh, they keep together. It didn't traumatize me enough, I think is the problem. Yeah. Do you know, I think I just became, I didn't, you know, Jacqueline Wilson, The Illustrated Mum, was a horrific novel, but it's the reason I have tattoos. So all I, I love that. from that is tattoos are really cool. That is <laughs> all I took from that. My whole I love that. I'm like, wow, oh, it's actually about like mental health. And no, I was like, oh, I really like tattoos. I'm going to do that someday. Those so people, years. people need to be, you know, I have two children and they have a wide library, but I am aware as they get older, I'm going to read some blurbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's smart. <laughs> Oh my word. So you're basically going to ask your poor guest, you're going to be like, why did you do this to me? Yes. That is the first thing I'm going to ask her. I'm not going to introduce myself. I'm just going to say, why Kate to Camilla? Why did you do this to me? To my soul, to my heart. I was just a baby. Why did you do this? <laughs> She's like, why am I in Atlantis? <laughs> How did I get here? 
like that's my... actually a really great follow-up question i do not have an answer <laughs> she's like why is why is water and you know alcohol and stuff why can i drink it she's having a small breakdown so are you <laughs> <laughs> i it's love payback. it so do you have any other guests who are coming no no that's that is my guess that's list. it okay yes. okay I think it's an intriguing premise. And I think you might be surprised, you know, you've got female authors from different time periods in a, I'm going to say fictional setting, but we don't know, you never know. So I think you might be surprised that they might start to bond over some things. I think that would, I think it would be fun. I think at the end of the night, we would all walk away with an experience slash, I guess, float back to heaven for those who are dead um so yeah that's not me so much well i don't know heaven's pretty good so you know let's face it that's where they're headed they're gonna be okay so is there anybody who's not welcome in atlantis i don't think for me it's super specific i think just any men i think it, i just want it to be you know a ladies night um but yeah aside from that i'm pretty like open as you can see from my eclectic list like I'm open to to chatting up anyone. Whoever, whoever just comes on down, whoever happens to pop up is welcome. Yeah. I get though sometimes when you're having a you know a ladies' night, you just don't want men cropping up. Yes, exactly. That's you're not nice. welcome here. Don't come to Atlantis. We don't need your presence. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's an intriguing, an intriguing evening, I have to say. I like the setting. I think you've got some really and it's lovely that they're obviously all writers that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Which is beautiful. So yeah. there's a conversation there already because you're obviously a big fan of their work. And I promise, because this is like the seventh episode where I've had someone invite Agatha Christie, I will read some Christie before the year is out. Do you, do you have an idea of which one your first Agatha Christie is going to be? Uh, maybe, and then there were none. Oh, okay. I That was the first one I read and I was like hooked from there. So I would 10, 10 Okay, okay, yeah. I'm gonna go for that one. Cause I also, I really enjoyed the adaptation. I know it's slightly different. So I feel like there's still room for me to read it and be surprised. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I mean, to be fair, I think her, the most recent adaptation of an Agatha Christie book, Death on the Nile was the worst. Uh, but the other ones I thought were like, were pretty good. Death on the Nile. I, oh, maybe I have seen it. I might've fallen asleep during it. Um, it's usually the best sign <laughs> if I had a sneeze halfway through I watched the one what was the one before that Murder on the Orient Express yeah I didn't mind that it was yeah I liked that one Death on the Nile is bad <laughs> in my opinion yeah. I mean I have a bit of a difficult relationship with Poirot because my mum is such a big fan of the OG TV series okay no that's fair to the point where we have rewatched them so many so there's no surprises anymore my mom will watch them she knows who's dead she knows who did it she doesn't care <laughs> she just wants to watch david suchet with his little mustache but we all have to suffer with her so if i could reclaim some love for poirot that would be good maybe eventually yeah that's <laughs> <Yeah>. funny <laughs> oh my goodness miss marple as well what we really love to do in the uk is take you know take a character like that and we just do it to death and we will do so many specials, so many, but then we don't, we'll just rerun those episodes constantly. So my mom will just watch Miss Marple on repeat, day in, day out. And we all know what's going to happen, but we love it. It's comfort. comfort I love rewatching things. I rewatch, like right now I'm rewatching The Office. I've seen The Office dozens of times. I have just <laughs> finished a rewatch of The Office not a week ago. <laughs> Literally, 
comedies I will rewatch because there's a mystery. Do you know what I mean? So right. like, I've just rewatched, and actually, I think the last season holds up. I'm just gonna say. I, I was, okay. I feel like the oh god, I'm forgetting how many. I think there were a few seasons before the last season, like maybe the two before yeah. that I was not a fan of. But I actually really liked the last season. I thought it wrapped everything up very nicely. I thought it was sweet. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I wasn't sure about the Pam and Jim thing. Like, I get they were trying to make, but it was realistic because they had a very yeah. perfect relationship. I thought it was well done. I'll stand by the fact I quite like the ending. Yeah, I did too. I also, I mean, but I do think that the first, well, okay. I think the first, is it three seasons? God, my memory of like how seasons are split up is bad because I just I'm watched them all together. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I watched. Yeah, those... them, I have no reference of what season because I watched them all back to back. So I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the first thinking. one's actually probably one of the weaker seasons for me, and then when you go from like two onwards, it gets good. Yeah, well, because they didn't like have the characters really defined yet. They really only had like an idea of like Jim, Pam, Dwight, and Michael, and then everyone else was just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, and I will stand by this. And again, you know, this is gonna be the third controversial thing I say on this podcast. <laughs> but it is better than the English version. I haven't seen the English version because I've heard nothing but bad things about yeah. it. You don't need to. The characters are better. It's better writing. It's generally, and also the American Shameless is better than the English one. So I'm really, I'm really kind of shitting on, shitting on my culture here, but I'm telling you but now, the American version. The, the English version. skin is far superior to the American version. So you guys oh, got that for sure. yeah. <laughs> I never watched, my child, my childhood, my teenage years were basically skins. So my friend joke, that's basically what our lives were. I can't bring myself to watch the American one because I just don't think, I don't feel like you guys had the same culture we had at house parties. I think the (laughs) British teenagers did some things in the, in the noughties that were not okay. And I think they captured it beautifully in skins. But yeah, I haven't watched the US one yet. It's terrible. You definitely don't need to watch it. I, I watched the, the British version first and I was like, this is so good. So I was like, I want to keep going. So I tried the American version. I got through like two episodes and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is bad. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Well, before I let you go and enjoy the rest of the sunshine, because I feel like you need to get out in it and live for me. Uh, <laughs> are you reading anything at the moment? Yes, I'm currently reading A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Bridget Kemmerer. And I am loving it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, she's amazing. Yes. The world setup is unreal. First time reading her. Um, but I am like totally enthralled. I am like obsessed. I think I think a great example too of like how retellings can be super fresh. Um, so good. I love it so much. Oh my goodness. Have you got anything else lined up after this? I'm sure you get sent loads of stuff to read. Do you know what you're reading? I, I do get lots of arcs to read, which I love. I love getting arcs. I'm not sure which one the next is going to be. I'm I tend to, so right now I'm writing book two. So usually what I read is very based on like what skill I want to be better at. So for right now, A Curse of Dark and Lonely is a good a good read for what I'm trying to do. Um, so we'll see. It depends on what I'm like. I think I need to improve upon like this skill and then I'll pick a book based on that. We'll pick so. something up. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. So Sing Me to Sleep is out on June 27th here in the yes. UK uh so i mean that's only two months away so people get pre-orders in get ready for it it's going to be absolutely amazing it's going to do so so well honestly i think it's going to be fantastic and thank you so much this has been so much fun
Yes. Thanks for having me. This was great. This was so fun. <laughs>